Welcome to the Hatch and Curiosity podcast, where homeschooling families cultivate innovation through curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking. I'm your host, Christina Hatch. You're listening to Episode 7, Inspire Not Require, an interview with Stephanie Harris on a TJ Ed Principle. Stephanie Harris has 20 years homeschool experience with eight children, six of which are boys. She has a great wit, a fun sense of humor, and is just a beautiful Christian woman. Once we got talking, we had so much fun, and she was able to throw in a lot of really great gems into this podcast. So I know it's a little bit longer than some of the previous podcasts have been. I hope that you're able to enjoy it and get some of the concepts that she was able to throw in throughout her story. We dive deep into the Inspire Not Require, which is the heart of this interview. We talk about modeling the hero's journey for your kids through literature and mentors and the power of story, both being witnessed and being told. The spirit with which learning is done is almost more important than the method with which you use what a growth mindset means to lifelong learners and all other kinds of good info. For the full interview, you can head on over to hatchingcuriosity.com to hear where she got her start with homeschooling and three amazing tips for new homeschooling families. The concept of inspire, not require, says that you will inspire your children to learn instead of requiring it. I believe that there's a balance of both, but that inspiration can be a powerful tool for teaching. The most common and easiest way to teach is to require. If you give the student a list of things to do with follow-up expectations, such as grades and deadlines, you're requiring them to learn. To inspire is to live a life so full and vibrant and interesting that they will desire to learn too. It is showing, not telling. I'm really excited to talk about this today with Stephanie. So listen in to what she has to say about this essential principle. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here. I wanted to ask you about the concept of inspire, not require. And was wondering if you could tell me and the other listeners what your view is as far as what this means. I think that is like one of the hardest ones for me to navigate And I think one of the reasons that I do find it tricky sometimes is because I still have a tendency to want my children's personal educations to look like what I would have wanted. And I would have wanted a very classical, rigorous, Latin, Greek, all of the ancient literature and lots of discussion and writing that's what I would have wanted. That's if I, now knowing some of the modes of education and what's available, I would have given anything if I could have had that through my growing up years. So I've had to be willing to step back and use it as an invitation to purposefully connect with each of my children one-on-one and be content with their perfect education looking different than maybe what I would have wanted to create for myself. You know, and so in that inspire, not require thing, I have three of them that, that like that type of education themselves. And so I, it's very easy for me to connect with them. It's very easy, easy for me to help them find things that um, they'll love, that they're willing to do the hard work with that education because they love that. It's, it's part of their own personal mission for the other ones. (laughs) Oh, I, one of my principles is 
I try to step back at least once or twice a week watching them while they are, you know, going through our kind of our morning like study time and just looking in their eyes, kind of connecting with their heart and seeing if if they're loving what they're doing. If they're if they're finding their own personal unnecessarily joy in it, because sometimes it's just hard, but they're finding that, okay, I know this is what I need to be doing and I'm happy to be doing this. You know, and if they're not, I try to kind of mix it up for them. I might try to find a different curriculum per se, a different way to go to go at what the same thing I'm trying to accomplish, um, whether I need to like maybe kick it up to a higher level or need to take it back another level because I want them to be inspired to do to do their studies and to put that time into it. You know, I think maybe people with less kids, I don't know if this is an excuse, maybe if you only have like two or three kids or maybe just, you know, a couple at a time that you're like focusing on, maybe it's easier to like really connect and help develop that personal curriculum and experience for each child. You know, right now I'm homeschooling eight of them and I've got like a sophomore to a, like a third grader. So, you know, my third grader is a girl and she, she wants to learn and study. And, you know, the sophomore to the age where he needs to be learning and studying. And then I've got like three middle school kids where, you know, there's some crucial time right there for them to be getting kind of that balance between love of learning and still kind of moving into I'm willing to work hard phase. So, like I said, sometimes it's tricky. It's trickier for me than maybe what I'd want it to be. But I do try to connect and just make sure that there's some inspiration going on in there, that they kind of have a good aha moment, a good like this has touched my soul moment at least once or twice a week so that I'm not losing them personally amongst the academics that we're trying to do. Another concept that I know is true, and this one is much more of a faith one, because I think for some of my kids, I've seen it play out in their younger years, but for some of them, I, I see it starting to play out as an adult, but I think your kids end up doing what they saw you do. And so I'm always trying to set goals, share them with my kids so they kind of know what I'm working on. I'm just trying to live a good, productive life for my, both my family and for my community. And I hope that as they see that, they see that as a pattern and that they'll each find their own way to do that in their own life. I want to be able to give them permission to find their own way to live that out. Like again, for themselves, for their families and for their communities. And then if time allows or if called upon to, maybe they'll have an opportunity to do that on a, on a larger scale. But I think ultimately the most important scale to focus on is yourself and your family. And so, you know, on even days that are hard and everybody's not cooperating the way I want them to, I just try to focus on me. How am I reacting? How am I moving forward in my own goals and the, the pattern of life that I want to see? I want my children to see me living. And my husband and I have these conversations and, and he's aware for himself of that same um, concept and, and tries to live that out. I think just as I live my own best life and my husband lives his own best life, 
and we give them permission to live their own best life, I have I have full faith that they will find the journey that is meant for them. That was a big, long answer. No, that's great. There's a lot of really great points in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, no, it's really important. With, with inspiring your children, I noticed that you mentioned towards the beginning there how you would try to have those moments during the week where at least once a week they would have something that would touch their heart. And then later on in the answer, you started talking about modeling life of learning yourself. And so I was wondering kind of what you think the interpretation of that concept is, an incorporation of both those things, or, you know, what was more in the spirit of what was meant when DeMille first wrote about the concept of inspire, not require. I would say that having the mentors, and you know, whether that's a character in a book or an actual adult in your life or like a historical figure that you see a pattern of them working through their own hero journey. The idea of, you know, setting big goals. And when you come up to the obstacles, you, you work through them and, and, and you just keep going. You just keep allowing life and, and the living of it to mold you into your best self. You know, I definitely think that's, it's a main part of that whole inspire, not require. And as your children see that in you and the people around them, and as you read through classical books together and you talk about the characters and the obstacles they come up against and the character traits that they need to overcome, you want that to spark something inside of them that lets them know that it's okay to choose to do hard things and it's okay when it doesn't work out perfectly and it's okay when you have to come up with a plan 10 and it's okay to seek help. It's okay to take breaks, but you keep going because you have something special only you can give the world. You have, you have a personal mission to live and it will require sacrifice. It's going to require hard work. It's going to re- require you being willing to pay the price and then just surround them with people. And like I said, characters and books conversations that show those principles played out over and over again and just keep on giving them that wink and thumbs up even when their days are going kind of hard for them. That's awesome. Your words are just always so perfect. (laughs) Like there's so much, I'm like, okay, so where do I go from there? That is perfection. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. That's fantastic. I, so that just speaks to my heart, honestly. I just, I, I love that so much because in my family, it's really interesting because I remember a couple of years ago when we were at one of those mom's retreats and we went around the circle and we all said why we homeschooled. And I remember you talking about wanting to have that classical education and that rigorous academic study. And I remember when you were speaking, I want her to mentor me, but also <laughs> we have very different goals. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, because it's just my homeschool and my goals and my want my homeschool to look like is very different than that. Yet I love elements of that. It was really cool too at the same time because I know you and I know that we also see a lot of things in the same way as well. So when you were talking about wanting them to be able to recognize that it's okay that there are hard things to be willing to do the work. In my house, our family motto is I can do hard things. I literally am saying that to my boys daily. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's one of the main things I want them to know and to understand. And when I think about them, you know, seeing me in the afternoons, reading my books and working on my business and doing my things, 
I used to have a lot of mom guilt about that, but now <laughs> I don't because one, it's like vital for my sanity and myself uh-huh. to be able to have that expression of creativity. But then mm-hmm. the other part of it is I want my boys to see that it's good to pursue your passions and to, it's good to have passions and interests and to yeah. allow yourself to fall down rabbit holes from time to time. And you have full permission to do so. Like that is the point of mortal life is to find your greatest self here and run the journey to achieve it. Absolutely. And I, and I want to be modeling that for my boys. Yeah. I don't imagine that they're going to want to run a podcast and, you know, a homeschooling curriculum company when they're older. They never know. They might. Who knows, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, it's not necessarily seeing what I'm doing, but that I'm doing it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And then their dad is a lot the same way. He's always out in the shop building or fixing or tearing apart something. I don't even know what he's doing half the time, <laughs> but he's not doing his thing and I'm doing my thing. But they right. see us, you know, pursuing our passions and always keeping our minds active. And yeah. that's at the core what I want for them. That um, inspire, not require has meant to me is inspiring the principles and the actions through my actions. But then also, like you mentioned, through literature as well. I'm just really starting to realize the power of a well-written book and what it can do as a model for them as if they were living characters. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why stories are so powerful to the human psyche. And we need those stories. You know, we have the stories in scripture and that's our kids. That's what they attach to first off and the heroes inside those stories. And then we have very well-written literature. And then we have, you know, biography of great people. And, you know, I think it's important when we discuss um, historical figures that we talk about, you know, the things that they achieved, but also some of the things that were hard for them and and some of their flaws and, and the pitfalls, because I think that kids need to be comfortable that the journey will be messy and that's okay. They haven't failed. I think there's a lot of tendency in our culture to polish everything up beautifully and put that always put that forth as like the end package. And so I think sometimes as we live our lives and we realize that the reality is it doesn't really look like that, we kind of feel like we're failing, kind of feel like maybe we don't really have anything to contribute because we can't live in that in that perfect area all the time. But I think it's important for our kids to see us set high goals and to fail and to see us have days where we're just struggling and we'd rather just like go to bed and, you know, and just kind of let them see the realness of it. Let them hear the goals that I'm working on and the things that are hard and the way I'm trying to, you know, move through those things and they do it with their dad. Their dad's really good at having good dialogue with them. Like, well, they drive to go work on a project. And our dad, my husband, is kind of like yours too. Like, just they're just busy. They're builders. They're doers. They're they're always trying to um, create and improve the lives of those around them and the things that are around them. And you know, so my sons and my daughters see that example, and they just know that's that's part of a life well lived, at least for him. And Hopefully they just kind of see that as their own invitation to figure out how to continue and make their own life well-lived in whatever pattern that is their own individual pattern to follow. Oh, that's great. 
So what do you think they're talking about when they talk about not require on that aspect of the inspire, not require? The not require thing is, <laughs> I have a harder time talking about this one because um, I don't think I do this one perfectly at all. You know, it's the gentle invitation instead of, um, well, it's the gentle invitation to attach their hearts to what they're doing instead of, I don't care how you feel. I don't care if you're crying. I don't care <laughs> if you absolutely hate this. You just turn that all off and you just do this because I'm telling you to. And I know you will learn nothing from it. And I know that if anything, you'll actually hate it more, but I'm forcing you to do this. Um, this needs to be done and we need to check that box. Right. <laughs> we got to finish the curriculum. Like I said, I think you can kind of check in with them and, and see where their heart is. And, you know, if they're just hating it and there's just drudgery and it's a fight, then I'm not sure that it's really ever worth it. And, you know, and I think maybe you'll kind of be moved in that with your own personal inspiration. But one of the things that, that I do with my kids, and I'm still not sure if it's right, but it just makes me feel more comfortable, is we just do math. And I've never let them not do it. And I, I let them be at their level. And I try to make it so that, that they can move through it so that it's not a drudgery. I try to find some curriculum that's pretty engaging for them so that they do it. And I guess I do require math, but I've tried not to make it like, it's kind of like breathing. Like you just, we get through our family stuff in the morning and then we just do math. But as far as the rest of it, I guess they're kind of required to read something every day, but within that, they get to choose. I want them to know that we do read and we do write, but how would you like that to work for you? You know, what's the thing that's most inspiring for you? Do you like to journal? Do you like to do stories? Would you just like to sit here and write a grocery list out with me? As far as reading, would you like to grab a science book and I'll read one part of the page and then you can read some of the others? Or would you like some time to just go sit and read your novel? So I kind of let them follow their own lead on how that looks. I do require that something happens on those three main math, reading, writing skills every day. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm the same way. I was looking at a couple of different articles about that, and there is a full spectrum on this concept of inspire, not require. One, to, you know, to the far end of unschooling. Right. Know, we'll use these same words as their mantra, and then over way over here on the classical, where I'm like, well, you're requiring a whole lot. <laughs> I don't understand how this is inspiring, but I love that uh -huh. it's in your heart. You know what I mean? But uh -huh. I love that this is in your heart. And so I feel like there's, there's a big spectrum on, you know, where you could land on that. And I'm a lot the same way. We do math every day and we do writing every day and we do reading every day. But then a lot of the other subjects are very passion driven or project driven or unit study or, you know what I mean? Just as it comes up, like the other day we were sitting there, no, this morning, we were sitting there at breakfast and I don't know how we got on the topic, but we started talking about germs. And so the next thing I know, I'm reading books about germs and what we're watching magic school bus and our whole day uh -huh. for like two hours because my boys were like obsessed with germs and then afterwards washing their hands and scrubbing the counters. So I'm not going <laughs> to complain about that. Yeah. Cause but. everything you talked about on that day, they actually internalized and it mattered to them at that moment. Yeah. Right. And I, I just know there can be so much time wasted, like all the boxes are checked, 
but the time is totally wasted because there was so little of it that actually went inside of their, their little bodies and their little souls so that they could actually use it in their life because they were just so turned off to it. They just went through the motions, but there was nothing that changed them. And so this is more so about the spirit with which learning is done than necessarily mm -hmm. the method with which it's done. You're equipping them to be able to learn what they want to know, which is yes. a, a huge thing. Because I've met lots of people who really believe, you hear trendy phrases of growth mindset, but then mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh yeah, we have a growth mindset, but about so many subjects, you don't though. <laughs> I would like to say, yeah, I have a growth mindset, except when it comes to driving my husband's truck. For some reason, <laughs> I've completely convinced myself at 34 like, years nope, old, I'm incapable of learning how to drive a stick shift, which is the silliest, <laughs> stupidest thing. But in, I'm, my point with this, though, is that in my mind, I'm a very open-minded person who believes she can pretty much learn or figure out anything there is. But there are areas where that's not true. I think that teaching the kids in this way, though, is equipping them with the tools they need to know how to learn. And then also with the character to believe, really believe that they can learn anything that they set out to do. And that there is no timeline. If you don't have all your time tables memorized at age 10, you're not doomed. At any time in your life, you can choose to sit down and memorize them if you think it's important. And I want my kids to truly um, internalize that. Every once in a while, on social media or something, I'll see somebody who was homeschooled and just be like, it was terrible. My parents never taught me anything. And I usually take the time to type them a little message and just say, but you can teach yourself anything you need to know right now. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason to make an excuse and stop yourself because you didn't, you don't think you got the perfect education. It's all available for you free right now. You just have to do it. Yeah. But there's something so powerful though in that. And I guess it's, it's strange for me is that I forget that sometimes people don't have that same viewpoint, that same frame of mind. <laughs> And even mm -hmm. a couple years ago, if you would have told me a couple years ago that I would be learning graphic design and starting a podcast and homeschooling my children, seriously, maybe six years ago, if you would have told me half the things I'm doing right now, I would have laughed at you like out loud, belly laughter, falling over laughter, because there is no way I believed one, that I would be motivated to do half of these things. <laughs> and uh -huh. then two, that I was capable of learning how to do these things. But being married to my husband and incorporated into his family culture, it's just kind of like, you're just expected to figure things out. That's what you do. If something needs to be done, you figure it out and you do it. And so through that, I just kind of, okay, oh, you, you can figure that out. There's a manual for that. You can, oh my gosh, it just occurred to me how much you can learn, which right. is really limitless if you know how to learn. And so that's the main thing I'm trying to install still in my children is just that belief that you are capable of learning anything and here's the tools on how to do it. Uh, ultimately, I think that is the priceless gift that you can give to them. It's just the world is open to you. Do what you need to do because it's, everything is open. The timeline is open too. When you're 80, if you still haven't checked off that box of learning how to speak a foreign language, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> which it may take that long before I actually start speaking <laughs> Italian with my boys. <laughs> Despite but it's available. all the money I spent on and why not? this year. <laughs> cool. Oh, well. 
Well, I know that you speak at a lot of different homeschooling conferences and things throughout the year. Do you have anything coming up that people might be able to reach out and come to one of your classes or something? You know what? I actually don't have anything right now on the schedule for this year. I like margin in my life. I like mm-hmm. to be able to feel like I can take a couple afternoons and just read a book or just do something fun with my kids. I try to keep our schedule simple. I try to very purposefully choose the things that we will and won't be involved in. Right now, I've, I'm just not pushing that for myself right now. I totally hear you on that one. Actually, this year, it was so funny. My whole life, I've dreamed of having a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. And now I have a three, five, and seven-year-old. I was just like, no, this is what I've dreamed about my whole life, is having Uh kids this exact age. I don't want to miss it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to miss it. (laughs) So I said no to so many things this year and things that I would like to do. But I am purposely, what is important? And cutting Mm -hmm. it out. And it's, I don't know, like I said, this has been a very joyful year because there have been times where I'm just hanging out on the back porch and the kids come running up to me and we have these like really great conversations because I was available. I made space for that, like you said, putting margin in your life. And that's Uh a really powerful, really powerful concept. So I don't blame you one bit. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did and was able to find some insight that will inspire and uplift your life. In conclusion, I just want to say that your kids will see what's most important to you. And eventually, they're going to do what you showed, not necessarily what you taught. So we have to ask ourselves the hard questions. Am I living a life well lived? Will my kids be inspired or disappointed by the example I set for them? If my kids turn out just like me, Would they be the kind of people I want them to be? Now, I'm not saying that you need to be all things to all people. I am saying that you need to decide what is most important and then live those things. The best thing you can do for your child's education is to elevate yourself into who you want them to be, which of course is easier said than done, I know. But this is what keeps life challenging and interesting, that always reaching for the next thing, which in itself is a great thing to teach them. I am excited to see what you do to inspire education in your home and how you're elevating yourself in this upcoming year. Reach out to me on Instagram and until next episode, stay curious.